Thanks for sharing, uh, Seeker. That's awesome uh, to just see how God works uh, in so many different people's lives in different ways. Um, to start off uh, tonight's talk, I just wanted um, to, to share with you guys a little bit more about me and um, my summers at Project and how um, God has worked in my life and changed me a lot. So this first picture uh, is me at Walmart, uh, my first summer. And as you can tell, I really enjoyed it. Uh, actually, Walmart, uh, second to campus outreach, Walmart is probably the favorite job that I've ever held. Um, and many of you may not feel that same way, but that's okay. I loved uh, Walmart, and this is just giving you a little insight into what um, freshman Harmon was like. Uh, because I didn't do this last week, I thought I would do two pictures. So that's for my first summer. This is for my second summer. Uh, the good old boat social, I was Captain Hook. Uh, you can see my nice little hook there and like the really flowy uh, shirt underneath. Um, I did receive Best Supporting Actor and that's like the only acting accomplishment I've ever gotten in my life. So uh, I really place a lot of identity in that. So <laughs> um, not at all. If you can see, I had like some eyeshadow and stuff. It was weird. Um, I, I'm not going back to those days. Um, but tonight, um, it's, I, I get to talk about uh, new joy and new pain. Um, and like, remember that um, this, this part of the summer, the second half, we're talking about what the gospel does for us. Um, Reed uh, did a killer job talking about what the gospel is and how we can respond to that. And now I just get the awesome opportunity to share what it does and how it impacts our life. Like, how do we live in light of the gospel? Um, and I just wanted to start off this talk by what, like the title says, um, the new joy that we find in the gospel, um, because we have incredible new joys that come when Jesus makes us new. And, and one of those, um, the first one that I want to talk about is freedom from death. Um, like we get to have eternity with God in heaven. Uh, like what is better than that? Like to spend the rest of our lives with God in perfect relationship with him, no more sin, no more suffering. Um, that's just incredible. But also it's like we don't necessarily have to, to wait until we die to experience some of those graces. Like we get glimpses of eternity in the beauty of the world right now, like around nature, just looking out at the ocean and seeing that it's amazing. Or with like good food, like Rio's and just experiencing um, more of God through having a good Chipotle burrito or something like that. Like we get to see glimpses of what eternity will be like. Um, another joy that we get uh, is freedom from isolation. Just like I talked about last week, we get community. Um, and this community, it's not just with each other, but it's with God as well. We get relationship with our Heavenly Father and with Jesus and with the Holy Spirit, but then we also get it with one another, our brothers and sisters in Christ. Another joy that we get um, is freedom from fear. Uh, we no longer have to like have fear of man, like, oh, what are people going to think of me? Or fear of the future, like, how is this going to work out? Like, what's going to happen? Or fear of failure, because we know that Jesus died on the cross for all of our failures, for all of our sins, for all of the times that we don't measure up. So we don't have to have fear anymore. Um, and then one of the other uh, new joys that we get amongst many is freedom from condemnation. Like, we get forgiveness. Um, and this is awesome because it's something that we can both receive and we can give um, from God and others. So 
God forgave us ultimately on the cross um, through his son and took away all of our sins. He wiped our slate clean um, and he filled it with Jesus's righteousness, but also in our interactions with one another, when we screw up, when we fail, um, we are able to have forgiveness from others and we're able to give forgiveness to others. Um, but even with all of these like new joys, which are awesome and incredible, uh, it doesn't take long um, to continue living the Christian life and understand that pain is very present. Um, and the most painful thing that happened to me in my life um, happened in college, and shoot, I'm gonna cry, um, but that's okay. Um, this is a picture of my oldest brother, um, and some of you know that last Wednesday was more difficult for me um, because last Wednesday was the three-year anniversary of his death. Um, so my oldest brother, Colton, um, miss him. Um, but three years ago, um, I was down here at Project, um, and it was a Saturday, and I was um, sitting at Dunkin' Donuts um, giving my supporters an update uh, when I got a call from my mom. Um, and at first, I was just like, oh, mom, can I call you back? I'm busy. Um, and she's like, no. Um, and she said that Colton had died. Um, and it was just so shocking, um, like utter disbelief, like you're lying to me, this isn't like happening, like how can this be true? Um, I, I ran across the Dunkin' Donuts um, to David Cook who was sitting in, an, uh, in another table and just like cried and sobbed on his shoulder. And it's like so many people were looking at us and like what's happening, but like in that moment I didn't care, all I wanted was to, to have my brother back, um, to have him back on this earth. Um, and that was really hard for me. I, I cried and I cried and I cried um, like you would in any instance of losing like a, a good friend or a family member. But even more so for Colton, um, it's really hard to accept his death because I don't think that he was a believer. Um, and with my understanding of the Bible and what the gospel says that the wages of our sin is death, um, it's very likely that my brother is in hell right now. Um, that he's not experiencing the joys that I just talked about in heaven, that he's experiencing separation from God and eternal separation from God that will never end. And that's just like one like short example of, of pain um, in, in my life. And I like if you guys want to hear more about that story, um, feel free to ask me about it. Um, but it, it's still painful. Like it happened, it happened three years ago. Um, and like throughout that time, I've struggled with depression. Um, I've been angry with God, questioning him, like, why did this happen? What are you doing? Um, and one of the hardest things is just trying to figure out what life looks like without a brother. Um, one of the usual questions you get when you're starting to get to know someone, like, how many siblings do you have? And I always ponder, how do I answer that? Um, do I answer that I have two and one died? Do I answer that I have one? Um, like, what, what does that look like? Um, and it was really hard for me this past week, not only because it was the anniversary, um, but because now I'm older than he will ever be. Um, that my older brother is now younger than me because he was taken away. Um, and I don't know what to do with that. Like, I'll be completely honest with you. I, I do not have all the answers of how to deal with the pain in my own life, 
the pain in your guys' lives, and there's so many things that are happening on this project um, with suffering that may have just come up in the last two weeks or may have been happening your whole life. And there's just so much in this world that that's not the way it's supposed to be, and it's really hard, and it's really difficult. Um, so this talk, I want to talk about what, what do we do with that pain? We, we've been talking about how the gospel is good, um, but what if we don't believe that? Like, pain can cause us to distrust and question God. Like, if God loves me, why would this happen? Like, why is he doing this in my life? Um, so, like, throughout this talk, I want you guys to just, like, consider, maybe you're thinking about it right now, um, but what is the pain or suffering in your life? Um, and it may not be loss, it may be something that you've never been given, that you've been, like, hoping for forever, like, God to grant you this certain thing, and it hasn't come yet. Like, where, where is that pain or suffering in your life? Um, for, me, for me, the most ultimate thing right now is my brother, but um, what is it for you that, like, has made you question God, and why? So in this talk, um, I want to talk about um, how God works in the low places, um, how Jesus knows the low places, and how God is with you in the low places. And then talking about why suffering is even a thing, why is it present um, in our world, and how we respond to that. Um, and if you guys know nothing else, I want you guys to be able to walk away from the talk understanding that being new in Jesus allows us to better respond to the old things of this world and to experience joy in the midst of pain. So I'm just going to pray for us um, as we dive into more of this talk. Heavenly Father, um, God, even now I realize how much I need you and we all need you. And God, I just pray that you would meet us in this time um, as we mull over the difficult things in our life, some of the, the hardest things that may have happened to us um, that may have happened a while ago that we may still be dealing with or that may have happened recently, God. And I pray that um, in, these, in these difficult things, um, that you would just give me the words to speak. I don't, I don't know all the answers, God, and I, I look to your word and I, I try to seek after you, um, but I still feel inadequate um, in dealing with my suffering and dealing with my brother's death, God, and I pray that um, whatever uh, these students are feeling, that you would just um, walk alongside them and that you would be with them and that you would comfort them with a care that only you can give and we can um, have a, a clear understanding and a biblical backing uh, to what suffering is and um, how you are working in it, and you are ultimate, even above it, God. Uh, so I ask all of these things in your name. Amen. Um, so the first, the first point I want to talk about is that God works in the low places. Um, and there's four different ways um, that I've thought of that like God is working, even in your suffering, even in your pain and your hardship. And the first one is that um, God's working because he wants to give us more of himself. Um, he wants us to draw, to, to draw to him, and he wants to show us that he's all that we need. Um, a quote that I found um, from J.I. Packer about this says that, still he, referring to Jesus and God, seeks the fellowship of his people and sends them both sorrows and joys to detach their love from other things and attach it to himself. Um, Tim Keller says that you don't really know Jesus is all you need until Jesus is all you have. Um, and that's how, that's one of the ways that God is working in our low places, in our suffering, that he's bringing us closer to him. And he wants us to realize our need and dependency on him and give him, give us more of himself. 
the second way that God works in the low places is that we don't see the big picture. Um, God is planning a bigger story. Uh, being brought low for us may ruin our small, insignificant plans, but God has a much better, wiser, and kinder plan for us that he is putting into place. And you can see this all throughout the Bible. Um, one of the examples that I found was Joseph. Um, so looking at the story of Joseph in Genesis, looking at the bigger picture um, of how even though he was beat up by his brothers, he was sold into slavery, he was accused of sleeping with Potiphar's wife, um, he was thrown into jail for over two years. All of these like really hard things were happening in his life, but that all happened so that he could be in a place to be in charge and be governor over the land. And all of those things eventually led Joseph to saving his brothers from famine, to saving Egypt from famine, that even those small things in his life led to such greatness and majesty, and it led to God's glory that God was each, in each and every one of those moments to show, to show more of himself and how he can work in all of those different circumstances. Um, that's a small glimpse of the big picture, but a bigger one is the cross. Like when you picture yourself 2,000 years ago, if you were to be a disciple or just at the crucifixion of Jesus, you, you would look at it and see like, wow, this person's supposed to be our savior. He's, he, he said he's king of the Jews and now he's, dead on the cross, like, what's up with that? He's not doing what he said he was gonna do. He's not saving us, he's not rescuing us. Um, but God used the cross, like, the cross that was meant to kill is for our victory. God used it to defeat death, to defeat Satan, to take away all of our sins so that we could freely live and that we could experience heaven in a way that we couldn't do that without the cross. And he did it for his glory. Like We don't see the big picture. The disciples standing and watching Jesus die, like Mary and Jesus' mother watching him die and just sobbing in pain, uh, didn't understand that Jesus was coming back. And this was all for, for God's glory and for their opportunity to have a relationship with the Father. Um, something that helps us to just understand this a little bit in our culture um, is our generation values speed, ease, convenience, and efficiency, which means if it's hard, slow, or inefficient, it's bad. But so often, God works through the hard, slow, long processes of your life. Um, God is at work in every single aspect of our lives, whether we realize it or not, and we just see maybe one page or even one paragraph or one sentence of the book that he's writing uh, to glorify himself and to bring us closer to him. The next way that God works in the low places is that um, the Lord wants to keep our, our faith fresh. Um, like the will of God is sanctification, and he wants us to continue growing in our faith and understanding more of him. He doesn't want us to be like stale or in tasteless or tasteless or lukewarm in our faith, but he wants to keep us fresh. Um, an example of this is um, like in codfish, the codfish market. Um, it, I don't know anything about it, but I've heard it. Um, so in, in the northeastern United States, there's a big market for codfish. And um, they have to be shipped all over the place um, so that people can enjoy these. Um, but public demand um, posed a problem to the shippers. Like, they would freeze the cod but then when they were shipped, but then the freeze took away a lot of the flavor. So, they experimented um, with shipping them alive, like, okay, we're gonna put them in this tank of seawater, um, but that proved even worse. And 
like it was more expensive and the cod still lost its, fa its um, flavor. And in addition, it became like soft and mushy. Like, so it, anything that these people tried to do to make these cod tasty, uh, it wasn't working. Um, but finally, there was a creative shipper that solved the problem. Um, the codfish were placed in a tank of water along with their natural enemy, the catfish. And from the time the cod left the East Coast until it arrived at its destination, the catfish chased the cod all over the tank. And when they finally arrived, the cod at the market were as fresh as if they were first caught. Uh, there was no loss of flavor and there was no like, texture that was affected. Um, if anything, it was like better than it was before uh, because they were in these trials. So what, like, what does it mean to us? Like, Harmon, you're talking about fish. Like, I, I don't get it. Um, but each one of us is in a tank of particular inescapable circumstances. Um, what, each one of us uh, is in a low place. Um, or maybe if you're not in one right now, you have been or you will be in the future. Uh, and it's painful um, enough for us to stay locked in that tank uh, but then in addition, God appoints catfish to bring sufficient tension to us to keep us alive, um, to keep us flavored, alert, and fresh, and growing. Um, but this is all part of God's will for our sanctification. Uh, God wants to, to shape us to be more like his son, and that's why he puts certain things in our life to help us grow so we don't lose flavor, so we continue to seek after him and see more of him. Uh, so understand that like, there are catfish in your tank right now, um, but they are part of God's method to produce sanctification um, in, in both your life and in my life. Um, so don't, don't let your fish lose the flavor, um, but keep it fresh um, by understanding that God is placing things in your life uh, to continue helping you grow. Um, and then the, the last way um, in this talk that God works in the low places is that pain allows us to understand and receive joy. Um, so you guys may have heard the quote or the saying before, like, if, if all you ever knew was joy, like, would it really be joy? Like, would you understand what that really means? Um, if all you knew was happiness, like, would you really be happy? Uh, and there's a phrase um, that I really like. It's called Felix culpa, and it means fortunate fall. Uh, and it talks about without the fall, without um, adding... Adam and Eve um, doing their original sin, we wouldn't really understand how much God loves us. Uh, we wouldn't understand that even in our sinful lives, even when we run away from God and go to the pleasures that, or the, the fleeting pleasures of this world, um, that, Jesus, that Jesus still came and died for us, like without that fall, we wouldn't understand how much God loves us. Like without sin, we wouldn't need a savior. And would we really understand that God loves us that much, that he would send his one and only son for people who are sinners, for people who have rejected him. Um, but that's what God did. Um, and so God works uh, in the low places by helping us to understand more about joy. And I just want to give a disclaimer here. It's not to say that God puts bad things in your life just so you like see more joy, like, but he does it for our sanctification. Again, he wants us to keep our faith fresh. Um, and in addition to um, like receiving joy, uh, pain allows us to increase our desire for heaven, to increase our, our want uh, to be in a place with no more pain. Uh, in Revelation 21, verses 4 and 5, it says that he will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. 
neither shall there be mourning, no cry, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. And he who was seated on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. Like, that's what we want. We want all things to be made new. Um, and God is working in our lives to, to help us see that this world is not what it's supposed to be. But even in our painful things, we can find joy um, because God loves us enough to give us those things. Um, so just like looking at some of these and applying it to my story to help you guys uh, hopefully apply it to your stories. When it talks about the Lord wants to give us more of himself, like when, when my brother died, I clung more tightly to God than I ever have in my life than I ever had before. Like understanding that when, when you lose something so close, like you, you put so much in that, you, like you don't know what you got till it's gone. Um, but even with my brother being God, God is better than that. Um, and, I, and I was able to, to see God as better because I clung tightly to him. Looking at, we don't see the big picture. Um, like suffering was not only working in my life, losing my brother wasn't only working in my life, but it was working in the lives of others around me. Um, so it was actually, it's, it's weird to say, um, so take it with a grain of salt, but it was actually cool um, that my brother died because I was down at Project, and when I went home, um, people at Project knew that my brother had passed away and that I didn't know if he was a believer. And people took time to call their siblings back home and say, I want to share the gospel with you because I don't know when you're, when you're going to die. I don't know if you're going to be here for another 50 years or another five minutes. Um, and they called, I know of at least three people that called their siblings and two of those people became believers um, just because people understood like we need to go out and we need to share the gospel now. So like even, even in my pain, like God was working a bigger story and that bigger picture is that he's bringing people to, to life in him. He's making people new. Even like me coming on staff, not that I'm like perfect or anything like that, but without losing my brother, I wouldn't see as much of the need for evangelism as I do. And I probably wouldn't be on staff, like giving my life away for the gospel um, and helping students to see more of him. Um, looking at how the Lord wants to keep our faith fresh, like uh, still now, I like have to turn to the Bible so often to try and understand um, what God is doing in suffering and in pain. And when I, when I look to the Bible, I'm just being sanctified because God's truth is coming out of that. And then also how pain allows us to understand and receive joy. Like I love and, and enjoy the relationships I have here on earth so much more. Um, understanding that like you never know when they're gonna end and I don't wanna take them for granted. And I see the joy that I have like with relationships with you guys um, and with the staff team and with other friends. Um, and how God is just giving me those gifts. Um, but I do want to clarify that um, even though I've seen some of these things and been blessed by God, allowing me to understand how he's worked through some of my pain and suffering, like some people will never see God working until heaven. Some people will never see like why certain things happen uh, until heaven. Um, so continue to search after those things, but, but know that you may, you may have to wait a while. Um, Next point in my talk is that Jesus knows the low places. And I want to start this off by saying that Jesus suffered. Um, we have a God that can relate to us uh, in suffering. Like, he knows full well um, what we are going through and even more. In Hebrews 4.15, it says, For we do not have a high priest who is unable to, sympath 
unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. So Jesus was tempted as we are. Jesus is, can sympathize with our weaknesses. In Philippians 2, verses 6 through 8, it talks about how like, Jesus emptied himself and took the form of a servant, being uh, born in the likeness of man, um, and that he humbled himself by being, becoming obedient uh, to death, even death on a cross. Like, what other religion has their God coming down and suffering with, with them? Um, like Jesus suffered for us. Um, and Jesus traveled from the highest place to the lowest place on purpose. Uh, he left the praises of the angels to face the scorn of men. He left the happiness of heaven to feel the horror of the cross. And he left the right hand of his father to, endue, to endure the forsakenness of the cross. Like, when we look for anyone in our lives, when we search for anyone that um, wants to try and know our pain or like walk in our shoes, like Jesus emerges as the preeminent and truest companion. There are people that I've talked with that have lost their siblings, but, or even my other brother who's still living, we can talk, but I don't know exactly what he's going through. He doesn't know exactly what I'm going through um, because we're just so different. We had different relationships with Colton, but Jesus knows exactly what you're going through. He suffered on the cross, and when he died on the cross, he felt every pain that you have ever felt. Um, Jesus also empathizes with sufferers. Um, so not only has he experienced suffering, but he's also walked alongside people who have suffered. Uh, and this is found in John 11 in the story of Lazarus. Um, Jesus is, um, like, friend Lazarus um, has died. Uh, and Martha and Mary, uh, Lazarus' sisters, come to Jesus and are saying, like, oh, my bro- our brother has, has died. Like, and shortest book, shortest verse in the Bible, um, John eleven thirty five. Jesus wept. Um, Jesus felt for them. Jesus felt for himself. Like he lost one of his friends, but he didn't only cry because he lost one of his friends, but because Martha and Mary and the people around him lost their brother, lost another person. Um, Jesus just saw more of the fallenness and brokenness of this world, and he felt um, sad about that, and he, he wept for it. Um, so he can empathize with our suffering. Uh, and then Jesus invites us to himself in suffering. Um, so like I was saying earlier, like what other religion has a God that meets us in our pain? Um, but Jesus didn't just experience the pain and then leave. He experienced it, and now we have total access through him, through the Spirit. So going along with that Hebrews verse um, from Hebrews four fifteen, now verse 16, it says, let us then with confidence draw near to the, throne of, to the throne of grace, that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. So Jesus allows us to have an ongoing conversation with God about our suffering, because when he died on the cross, he tore the veil. He allows us to pray to God, to yell at God, to ask for answers, um, and Jesus is with us in that. So he invites us to himself in suffering. Um, and just like looking at my, um, looking at Colton again, like I lost my brother and like Jesus lost his friend, um, but more so like he lost his perfect relationship with the father. Um, and he did that to bring us to the father, like losing my brother uh, or any suffering experienced by any one of us uh, is nothing compared to the suffering that Jesus felt being separated from his heavenly father on the cross. There is nothing in your life. And I'll say that again, there's nothing in your life 
that can compare to what Jesus went through for each and every one of us. And he didn't do that because we are good. He didn't do that because we are righteous. He did that because we are unrighteous. But he loved us even in that unrighteousness. And he wanted us to have a relationship with the Father. So he took on all of our sin. He separated himself from the perfect relationship with his Father in that Trinity that we talked about last week for each and every one of us. Um, So know that Jesus is with you, that Jesus has felt that suffering because he loves you, and he wants you to know that you're not alone in that. Um, The next point is that God is with you in the low places. Um, So just as Jesus is there, God is there as well. Uh, In Deuteronomy uh, 31.6, it says, Be strong and courageous. Do not fear or be in dread of them, for it is the Lord your God who goes with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. God is with you in every single moment of your life, in the joys and the sorrows, in the good times and the bad times. And even in the low places, um, there's a verse in Psalm 56 or that says, you have kept count of my tossings. Put my tears in your bottle. Are they not in your book? God knows every single tear that you've cried. He knows every time that you haven't been able to sleep because or maybe you've cried yourself to sleep, or you've tossed and turned, or any time that you've been angry at him, or any um, time that you've felt sad or depressed, like he knows about those things, and he keeps uh, track of those things, and he empathizes with us in our pain, and he cares for us in our pain. Like He has not abandoned you. Um, He is not removed from us. He is welcoming you to come to him. And this is awesome, too, because not only is God with us in the low places, but God is able to raise us from the low places. Um, Eventually, if you are in Christ, if you are believing in him as your Lord and Savior, uh, you'll go to heaven. And that's an amazing thing, that that free gift of Jesus is heaven. Um, Jesus didn't only stay in his low place. When Jesus experienced hell for us, he didn't stay there. He was resurrected. He rose again. Um, and when we are with him, we rise with him. We become new with him. Um, and when our time here on earth is done, we're going to be with him in heaven. Uh, so even though that God is with us in the low places right now, like God's going to take us from those and he's going to raise us eventually. Um, and then just like looking at my story with Colton again, and hopefully you guys understand this in your stories as well, that um, God was with you even if no one else was. Even if your family abandoned you, even if no friends were to be found, God was with you. Um, In those times when you're crying alone in your room um, at night, God was there and God was caring for you um, and loving you in in all of that. Um, So that's just an understanding about how how God and Jesus um, are with us in suffering and how they're working through suffering. But um, now I wanna talk a little bit about why suffering. Um, like, why is suffering a thing? And this is a, a difficult question um, to answer. Um, so my first answer is, we don't know. Um, there, there is so much out there that we don't understand about, about suffering. Um, we, I don't want to just put a Band-Aid on your hurt and say, oh, all things work together for the, for the good of those who love God. Um, that is true, that is true, but there's more to it than that, and I want to feel with you guys and empathize with you guys. Um, 
that these promises are true, but we don't know exactly how all things are working together for God. We don't know exactly what God's plan is, and we, we may never know that. Um, in my story, I've been, again, blessed to know uh, some of the things that God has worked out, um, some of the, the threads that he has weaved together uh, into an amazing tapestry, but not everyone knows that, and we may never know. So first thing of why suffering, we don't exactly know. The second thing is that this world is not our home. And rem- remember that, that um, in our citizenship is in heaven. It talks about that in Philippians 3.20. And in Hebrews 13, it talks about that for here, meaning here on earth, we have no lasting city, but we seek the city that is to come. And we seek heaven. Um, our world is broken because of sin. Just like Gideon <laughs> talked about on Sunday, um, the work and the rest that we're supposed to have, it's fallen. Uh, our world is broken, and not only is our world broken, but we are broken because of sin. We have to understand and realize that each and every one of us is a sinful, depraved person that has rejected God. Um, and that's a part of this world, that people are broken, people will hurt you, uh, your parents, your friends, you will hurt others. Um, and that's where a lot of suffering comes in, because of sin. Uh, things are not as they should be. Uh, and we, we realize this even more um, when we are in Christ because we are made new, but the world is still old. There are things around us that are, that are still old, that are still broken, and we are still broken because we'll never arrive, but Jesus is working in us to show us more and more um, about how he is making us new. And then suffering also um, reminds us that we are not in control, um, that God is in control. How many times in your life when things are going well do you like ask why God like why are things going well Um, we are so quick to think that we are in control um, and we don't question God when things are going well it's like oh I'm building my kingdom like this looks good for me Um, but only in suffering do we ask like why is this happening like why are you allowing this Uh, so suffering allows us to do a reality check and understand that we are not in control, but God is. Um, I have a little sermon jam from John Piper um, just because he can explain uh, the meaning of suffering uh, so much better than I can. Uh, So I just want to play this for you guys. Not only is all your affliction momentary, not only is all your affliction light in comparison to eternity and the glory there, but all of it is true. Every millisecond of your pain from the fallen nature or fallen man, every millisecond of your misery in the path of obedience is producing a peculiar glory you will get because of that. I don't care if it's cancer or criticism. I don't care if it was slander or sickness. It wasn't. It's doing something. It's not meaningless. Of course you can't see what it's doing. Don't look to what it's doing. When your mom dies, when your kid dies, when you've got cancer at 40, when a car careens in the sidewalk and takes it out of the... Don't say, it's meaningless. It's not. Therefore, do not lose heart, but take 
every morning. Get alone with God and preach His Word into your mind until your heart sings with confidence that you are good. So know that um, even, even if you don't have the exact answer of why suffering is in your life, know that it, it is meaningful, that it, it is totally meaningful, that it's working for you an eternal weight of glory, that these are just momentary afflictions. Um, but when, when we go through these, we just see more of our, our, of our need for God, of our desire for heaven and that eternal weight of glory that we will one day see if you are in Christ. Um, so I just want to talk now about how do we respond to suffering? Um, what do we do with our pain and suffering? Um, because it's present um, and it's happening uh, in each and every one of your lives. Um, and if, if you don't think that there is suffering, um, maybe you haven't uh, felt it that extreme yet or maybe you're lying to yourself, but I want you guys to be able to know um, that you can allow yourself to feel in suffering. Um, suffering is hard. Um, for me, losing my brother is hard. I'm not gonna lie about that. Um, and for you to just understand that it's okay um, to cry, that it's okay to mourn and, and feel sorrowful. Um, I want you to be able to know those emotions and be comfortable with showing those not only to God but to friends um, to to mourn with those who mourn like Jesus like our God like died when his friend Lazarus died Jesus knew that he was going to raise Lazarus from the dead um, but he still died uh, and he still cried um, so God is after our hearts and emotion like he came and entered into our brokenness um, so so know that um, even though we're called um, to be always rejoicing and we find so much joy in the gospel, we can be sorrowful, yet always rejoicing, like it says in 2 Corinthians. Um, and to be honest with you guys, this is something I'm bad at. Like, even this week, um, at D Group last week, I was dealing with like emotions of Colton. I'm like, I don't even know how to handle these things. Um, there are so many times I just want to push it to the side and not deal with it and focus on like what's in the moment. Um, but really allow yourself to get in touch with your feelings um, and see like what is God trying to teach you um, through these difficult things. <laughs> Another way to um, respond to suffering in, a, in addition to allowing yourself to feel is surrounding yourself with gospel community. Um, so surround yourself with people who will, who will mourn with you, who will cry with you, who will pray for you, um, who will laugh um, with you in the good times and cry with you in the hard times. Uh, this was something that was so important um, and integral for me, uh, losing my brother, um, that after Colton's death, um, I left Project and I came back two weeks later. Um, Family was good, being, spending time with them was good, but the community that I had here at Project was just so much better. People seeking after God and people trying to see how God is working in the good things and in the hard things. Um, just like I talked about last week, that the gospel grace of community continues, making, continues to make us new. Um, and it's a necessary aspect of the healthy Christian life. Like, um, if I were to just sulk 
um, about my brother and not have people point me towards Jesus in it, it would be much more difficult. Um, so surround yourself with community. And then move towards God uh, in your pain. Like, don't move away from him, uh, but move towards him. Be honest with him where you're at. Um, it's okay to be angry at God. Like, God gave us emotions for a reason, um, and he wants us to use them. And it's okay um, to, to question God. Like, this isn't a sign of unbelief, but it helps us to understand why. Like, but in that, you, you want to be really pursuing answers. Um, and he'll provide an answer. Um, it might not be exactly when you want it, or it might not be the answer that you want, um, but he will answer it. So, so go to the Bible, um, read the Bible, talk about what you're dealing with, um, with older people here on Project, talk with your room leader, your team leader, your project director. Um, don't just like sulk um, in your feelings. Like the Psalms are full of David crying out with his, with his true feelings. Like, why are you downcast, oh my soul? Um, David is really going through all of these difficult things, and that's, that's what God wants us to do, but not by ourselves, with God, and going to him in that. Um, and then respond to suffering with worship. Um, in Job uh, 13, 15, it says, though you slay me, yet I will worship. Um, whatever happens in your life, God is using it to glorify himself and bring you closer to him. Um, so walk in obedience of that. Um, walk in obedience of seeing more of God in that. There's a, there's a Matt Chandler quote that says, position yourself under the waterfall of grace and put yourself in front of biblical teaching and put yourself in community where you are honestly walking with others about where you are spiritually. And while you and you wait while you walk in obedience. Um, so continue to wait. Um, you may not get all the answers, but worship God and walk in obedience of him, um, even in uh, the suffering. Uh, so I have um, a few reflection questions that we're gonna do, but just before we go into that, I, I just wanna pray for us. Heavenly Father, um, God, again, this is such a, a difficult topic. Um, but it is something that's very present, present in our lives, um, something that we have all experienced or will experience, God, um, in big things and in small things. And it just points to this is not um, where we are created to be, God. This is not our home. Um, that, and it points to us that we need more of you. So God, help us to see more of you in our suffering. Help us to understand that you are working for a bigger picture, that you are keeping our, um, our faith fresh, and that you are with us, God, and that Jesus has suffered with us, um, and that we are not alone in this, um, but we have you first and foremost. Um, and then you have also blessed us with the, the grace of community. Um, so God, I pray that uh, as, we, as we think through hard and difficult things in our life, um, that you would just be with us, uh, that you would allow us to feel our emotions and to, to really discover um, how we feel about the things that are happening. And um, God, if we are questioning you, that we would look to the Bible for answers and that, God, I just pray that you would meet us where we're at and that you would give us answers, um, that you would show more of yourself to us, God. Um, even in suffering, that we wouldn't just get excited about you when everything's going well, um, but we would get excited about you when things aren't going well. Um, that there would never be a moment uh, when we 
do not see you as bigger and as better and as more uh, majestic and glorious um, than anything in this, in this world, God. So I just ask all of these things in your name, and God, I pray that um, we'd be able to reflect well on, on what was said tonight. In your name, amen.